Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Streets of San Francisco. A Quinn Martin production. Starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jimmy! I got one thing! Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. That is who I am. Welcome to a Flashback Friday episode. If you're listening the day this show is uploaded, it is August 4th. This is episode number 1,327. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. And right next to me is Kimmy. A pretty face reflected in the mirror. So perfect in every way. With every move, the picture's getting clearer. She's got it all. She's got it made. Yeah, it's Kimmy right next to me. Welcome to a Friday episode, Kimmy. Well, thank you very much. And how is Friday treating you so far, even though it's before sunrise? I know it's early to judge. All righty. All right. It's treating you all righty. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Kimmy, uh, the Riley and Kimmy show is getting ready to head out and about, so I'm, I'm curious. Are you getting rested up? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, definitely. Oh, good, because coming up, we're going to be taking it to the streets. <laughs> sure to visit the Riley and Kimmy Show's event page right on our website, and you'll find out where we will be taking it to the streets. Quite a few locations, uh, a couple coming up in this month, and then uh, it continues right through the rest of the year going into next year. You can add to that list if you have a pop culture event you would like the Riley and Kimmy Show to be part of and to promote Feel free to contact us right through the event page, or if you have an animal event, a pet event that you would like us to be part of and to promote, you can contact us there, too. The other show, the animal show, is called Animal Special, and we deal with, you know, all kinds of animals, uh, the the pet kind and the, the wild kind, right, Kimmy? That's right. Yes, and that means, you know, cats, dogs, uh, birds, and, uh, you know, reptiles and all those things, right? Everything. Yeah, everything. So if you have something in the pop culture world or the animal world, check out our event page contact us and you know we'd love to be part of your event you can find our event page right on our website and what is our web address kimmy rileyandkimmy.com rileyandkimmy.com the riley and kimmy show Shall we play a game? That is a question on a Flashback Friday. Does Kimmy want to go back in time and play some pop culture trivia? How's it going this morning, Kimmy? Are you able to play or are you willing to play nerd and pop culture trivia today? Absolutely. (laughs) 
we have jumbled up a timeline. We've scrambled it up. It's not in linear or chronological order. It's all over the place. It's scrambled. Uh, we have the dates all over the place. And you can help Kimmy with the answers by shouting out answers to whatever listening device you happen to have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. It could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. So shout at that laptop, desktop, tablet, maybe that smartphone, smartwatch, computer, device, whatever it might be. Might be watch, you know, glasses. It could be the car. You might be in that Jetsons thing. Who knows? Or that Android right next to you if you're way off in the... I don't know how how distant future, maybe just a few years, perhaps. Who knows? It could be that robot. Whatever it is that you are listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on or with, shout out answers to Kimmy. She believes that uh, time travel kind of answers happen. A timey-wimey thing happens. Time vortex or uh, vortex, actually, and a portal opens up, and then the answer pops out right into her head. I think she's psycho. She says psychic, but... It appears to work on episodes, so let's continue the winning for Kimmy. Maybe it'll be a winning episode. Who knows? If she gets more of these right than wrong, she gets dinner Friday night, tonight, anywhere she wants in greater Orlando, including Daytona. So here we go, Kimmy. Are you ready to go? Mm-hmm. Well, the very first question we have for you is we're looking for a date and a name of a person here or character. On this date, give me the year within two years that Miss Piggy announced the end of her relationship with somebody. She announced it on social media. Who was Miss Piggy involved in a long-time romantic relationship with? Kermit. Yes, she said it was over. And what year did she announce this? Now, I gave you a clue how she announced it, so that might help Mm -hmm. you a little bit. 2014? She did it in 2014. 15, so you get it within the two plus or minus. And she took to Twitter. She tweeted mm. that they, they were done. Now, how do you think? She Do you think she should have done that? Or That's terrible. You think that's kind of low? Yeah. Right. We're moving over to movies, Kimmy. The soundtrack to a certain movie was released on this date. Two-part question. First question will be identify the soundtrack, the movie. And number two is the year it came out. We'll give you a five-year plus or minus of when the soundtrack was released. Now, the album became a huge commercial success. It went on to sell 32 million copies worldwide and is one of the best-selling albums of all time. In the United States, the album spent 18 weeks at number one on Billboard's 200 album sales. So it's a biggie and had quite a few singles from it. Here is one of them, a power ballad, as they like to call it. See if you can identify... What soundtrack this is from? Now, this was a hit on Top 40 Radio and Adult Contemporary Radio. Matter of fact, this single reached number three on Billboard's Hot 100 and number one on the Adult Contemporary charts. Here's your clue. She's like the wind through my tree. She rides the night next to me. Kimmy, can you identify... The soundtrack that's from Dirty Dancing. That is correct. You got that. And what year did Dirty Dancing? What year was it released? The soundtrack. What year was it released? Within five. Mm, um, 1987. You got it exactly right. 1987. I take it you saw that movie at least uh, on DVD or VHS or something. I saw it in the theater. Wow, you were very little. I can't imagine somebody taking a preschooler 
to Dirty <laughs> Dancing. I can't imagine that. So that kind of explains some things, Kimmy. When I met you, the kind of dancing you did. Because hey, I, I did meet Kimmy at a dancing function. And mm. that explains the dancing you were doing now. Now I understand. No. Yeah, that is true. That, not not, true. That, I get it now. Now, Kimmy, see if you can identify one of the other hits. It, the song peaked number four in the Billboard Hot 100. Identify the recording artist who had another hit. There's another hit from Dirty Dancing. Here's the song. <laughs> A lot of airplay on Top 40 and adult contemporary radio. Can you identify who had Hungry Eyes as a hit from uh, Dirty Dancing? No, I cannot. Okay, that's Eric Carmen with Hungry Eyes. A lot of airplay. you got to remember the song at least. I do. Okay, yeah, well, you love the movie. That's right. You you learned how to dance through Dirty Dancing. No. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, that's it. No. Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember there was witnesses when I met you dancing. That, that There were. There were witnesses. on this day, Kimmy, that William Hurts became the first person to race a motorcycle over 200 miles per hour. He was clocked at 210 miles per hour on a motorcycle. Now you need to tell us the year. We're going to give you the guesses here. It's one of these. Was it 1956, 1976, 1996, or 2016 that he was clocked at 210 miles per hour. 1956. Okay. Who is shouting the answers out to you? I don't know. There is no way on earth. Thank you. I would have guessed you would have thought maybe 1996 or 2016. I'm surprised. 1956, you actually got that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever ridden on a motorcycle? Yeah. Uh, Very fast? It felt fast to me. Okay. Well, I... I've been in triple digits on a motorcycle before. Oh, nice. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, and, uh, we're, we are lucky to be here. I do not advise doing that. And yes, uh, we are quite lucky to be here. And see, you you complain how I drive now, or you think I'm slow, but there's a reason for the that, Kimmy. I kind of got that out of my system, and I'm lucky to be on planet Earth. Okay. True. <laughs> yes, I can identify with the Dukes of Hazard and their driving. Well. From the old days, my old days. All right, Kimmy, going uh, back to the timeline, see if you can identify who this famous person is. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 1892, this Sunday school teacher is arrested in Fall River, Massachusetts on two counts of murder. Here is your clue. Took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when the job was nicely done, she gave her father 41. Kimmy, who was arrested on this date? Lizzie Borden. Elizabeth Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when the job was nicely done, she gave her father 41. Yesterday in Old Fall River, Mr. Andrew Borden died, and he got his daughter Lizzie on a charge of homicide. Some folks say she didn't do it, and others say, of course she did. They all agree Miss Lizzie 
TV was a problem type of kid. Cause you can't chop your papa up in Massachusetts. Not even if his plan is a surprise. A surprise! No, you can't chop your papa up in Massachusetts. You know how neighbors love to criticize. <laughs> he got along the sofa where he'd gone to take a snooze. And I hope he went to heaven cause he wasn't wearing shoes. Lizzie kinda rearranged him with a hatchet so they say. Then she got her mother in that same old fashioned but you can't chop your mama up in Massachusetts. Not even if you're tired of her cuisine. Her cuisine. No, you can't chop your mama up in Massachusetts. You know it's almost sure to cause a scene. Well, they really kept her hopping on that busy afternoon. With both down and upstairs tapping while she hummed a ragtime tune. They really made her hustle and when all was said and done, she removed her mother's bustle when she wasn't wearing one. Oh, you can't chop your mama up in and then claim all the damage on the bikes. No, you can't chop your mama up in Massachusetts. That kind of thing just isn't very nice. Now, it wasn't done for pleasure, and it wasn't done for spite. And it wasn't done because the lady wasn't very bright. She'd always done the slightest thing that mom and papa did, they said. Lizzie, cut it out. So that's exactly what she did. <laughs> No, you can't chop your papa up in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a far cry from New York. No, you can't chop your papa up in Massachusetts. Shut the door and lock and latch it. Here comes Lizzie with a brand new hatchet. You can't chop your papa up in Massachusetts. Such a slob, I've heard it said. She met her paw and cut him dead. You can't chop your papa up in Massachusetts. Jump like a fish. Jump like a porpoise. Oh, join hands and pay me a carpet. Flashback Friday moment there with uh, the Chad Mitchell Trio. That was a number 44 hit. Boy, that's some fun. It's called Lizzie Borden. As uh, we focus on Lizzie Borden, who was arrested on this date, 1892. And, yes, she was acquitted. Yeah, That's a fun tune, isn't it, Kimmy? Uh, yeah. Uh, first time you've heard that one, that's- correct? And hopefully the last. No, it is on the MP3 player. Yes, oh, Kimmy. No. Yes, yes, Kimmy, it is on the MP3 player. Yeah, you sure you don't want to sing that one That's with me? That's okay. I think that would be a fun tune for us to add to our uh, little, you know, song and dance thing. You, no. You, you, okay, I'm, I'm just offering that to you. That's the Chad Mitchell Trio with Lizzie Borden on a flashback Friday moment. Now, Kimmy, going back in time here. The year's 1956. This recording artist releases this song, but we're going to make it a little more uh, challenging. You are the resident audiophile. I, I think you're going to be able to tell me who this is, even though we have made it reversed. Here is your clue. <laughs> Do you need another clue, or do you think you know that song? Is it Hound Dog? You ain't nothing but a hound dog, Nineteen fifty-six, Hound Dog is released by whom? Elvis. That's right. 
one year later, 1957, this duo makes their second appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, and they introduce two upcoming singles. Now, let's see if you can identify the name of the duo. Here is your clue. It would become a hit, Wake Up Little Susie, and they also played this one. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, happiness. Hello, loneliness. I think I'm gonna cry. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, sweet caress. Hello, emptiness. I feel like I could die. Can you identify the duo? The Everly Brothers? Oh, get out of here, Kimmy. I thought maybe Righteous Brothers had come out of your mouth. I did not know you are aware of the Everly Brothers. You are the audiophile. Or did somebody shout that out to you? Which was it? I knew that. Oh, she she is good. I knew that. Let's continue in the world of music. Kimmy, strong, uh, strong category. The year's 1958. Billboard magazine introduces the Hot 100 chart, the first number one song. Well, here's the clue, Kimmy. Tell me who had the first number one song on the Hot 100. I used to play around with hearts, hasten at my call. But when I met that little girl, I knew that I would fall for a little fool. Oh, yeah, I was a fool. He was a big TV star at this time period. Who is he? Ricky Nelson. That's right. Ricky Nelson's Poor Little Fools, number one in the Hot 100, 1958. The year is 1964. This song is released in the United Kingdom. Tell me the name of the recording artist. You really got me going. You got me so I don't know what I'm doing. It's You Really Got Me by whom? The Kinks. Oh, you didn't say Van Halen. That's good. Okay, The Kinks, 1964. The year's 1966. I have a feeling you've never heard this song before, but I think you might be able to identify the recording artist, the group. Here is your clue. A pretty face you may not possess, but what I like about you. Only Skin Deep, 1966, that was released. Who recorded that? Marvin Gaye? Interesting. But no, it is The Temptations. The year is 1980. This recording artist begins recording the album Double Fantasy. Who is it? Um, 1980. 
man, that's so familiar. Former Beatle. Year is 1980. John Lennon. That's correct. 1984 Prince's album goes to number one, stays number one for 24 weeks. What is the album? Um, Purple Rain. Correct. The year is 1985. Tom Seaver achieves his 300th victory. What baseball team does he play for in 1985? Cincinnati Reds. Chicago White Sox. The year is 1985. Rod Carew of what team gets his 3,000th major league hit? The Montreal Expos. The California Angels. 2015. This person is named the world's highest paid actor by Forbes magazine. 2015, earning $80 million. Who is it? Mm. 2015. Johnny Depp? Here is your audio clue. Truth is, I am Iron Man. Who is it, Kimmy? Robert Downey Jr. That's correct. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays. Percy Shelley, born on this date, 1792, died 1822 at the age of 29. Possibly murdered, some think so. Others just say he drowned. It was an accident. It's unknown. It's been debated since way back when. He was one of the major English romantic poets. Question for you, Kimmy, is... What is his second wife famous for? Oh, um, she wrote Frankenstein. That's right, Kimmy. The year's 1901. This American jazz trumpeter and singer was born in New Orleans. He passed away in 1971 at the age of 69. Identify who he is. Some of you young folks been saying to me, Hey, Max, what do you mean? What a wonderful world. How about all them wars all over the place? You call them wonderful? If lots more of us loved each other, we'd solve lots more problems. And man, this world would be a desert. Who is that, Kimmy? Louis Armstrong. That's right. Born on the state, 1901. Next person, a stand-up comedian and actor. He's best known for his role on a certain detective show. He played Sirius. He was on that show for 23 years, from 1993 to 2016. Identify the TV show. That's Law and Order. That is correct. Law and Order Special Victims Unit is what he was known for. Can you tell me just by chance who this is? He was a comedian, did a lot of stand-up, then became a serious actor. Ooh. No. Richard Belzer, born on this date. He is 73. Next person, actor Kimmy. Identify who it is. We have a brief audio clue, so listen carefully. Then tell me who the birthday person is. I was sitting out there in the shed one evening, not doing too much of nothing, just kind of staring at the wall and waiting on my mother to come out and give me my Bible lesson. Yeah. You know? Well, I hear the commotion up there in the house. And so I run up on the screen down porch to see what is going on. I looked in the window there and I Who is that, Kimmy? Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, how old is Billy Bob today within five? 62. Okay. Did somebody shout that out to you? Um, or did you know that? I, it just popped in my head. Wow. Well, you got it exactly right. Next individual, Kimmy, identify who it is. Tell me how old he is. 
we're giving you a two-year buffer on his age. Here is your audio clue. My conversations with you, the American people, in living rooms and in schools, at farms, on factory floors, at diners, and on distant military outposts. Those conversations are what have kept me honest and kept me inspired and kept me going. Who is that, Kimmy? Barack Obama. Yes, how old is he today within two years? Um, 59. He is 56 today. Next person, tell me what he is known for, this birthday person, Roger Clemens. Tell me why he is famous. Uh, baseball player. Right. Retired American baseball pitcher, played 24 seasons in Major League Baseball. He is 55 today. Next individual, tell me what makes him famous, Jeff Gordon, having a birthday today. He's a race car driver. That's right. And tell me how old he is today, within five years. 48. Oh, goodness. Are you getting help? He's 46. I can't believe you got that close. Oh, wow. Well, uh, congratulations there. Thank you. I see dead people. It is time for Notable Deaths, Kimmy. Identify who this person is. Born 1875, dies at the age of 70. An author of fairy tales. Some of his most famous stories are The Emperor's New Clothes, The Little Mermaid, The Nightingale, The Snow Queen, The Ugly Duckling, and Thumbelina. Who is he? Grimm? No, it's Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next individual passed away in 1999, Victor Mature, an American actor, died six. He acted on stage, in film, television. His best-known films include 1 Million B.C. in 1940, My Darling Clementine in 48, Kiss of Death in 1947, Samson and Delilah in 1949, The Robe in 1953, He also appeared in a large number of musicals opposite Rita Hayworth and Betty Grable. Somebody to really check out if you've never seen his works. Next individual, Kimmy, identify the TV show he is known for. He also did animation. He's famous for playing the, the voice of a cat. And he also was part of public service announcements. I know you don't know his name. His name is Lorenzo Music. He died on this date at the age of 64. But tell me the TV show he is known for hello this is carlton your doorman who or what was the tv show the jeffersons no it was not the jeffersons hello this is carlton your doorman you're you're in the right network kimmy it was cbs it was rhoda remember he was rhoda's doorman they actually tried to spin that off that character to a cartoon a number of years later, called Carlton, your doorman. Oh. And it, it was a pilot that did not air at all. Nobody picked it up. I think you can find it streamed. It is available, the full thing. I think you can find that. But he was also the voice of Garfield the Cat. Hey, I wouldn't believe a grown man with duckies and horsies on his pajamas. Let me think how to solve this. Maybe I can call the Ghostbusters. Nah, their show was canceled. Yeah, that's Lorenzo Music who passed away on this date in history. Kimmy, that wraps up trivia. I think you've done well. We got a dinner waiting for you for um, anywhere in Central Florida. How's that? Yeah, yummy. Congratulations, and thank you for helping Kimmy. Right now, we're going to focus on something from trivia with the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio 
the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we go back in time to the golden age of radio, the theater of the mind, we take that opportunity. And we spoke about Victor Mature passing away on this date. Actor died on this date in 1999. And he did a lot of work in the golden age of radio. We have three examples. That's right. We're making it kind of special for this Flashback Friday. Three episodes. All of them are thriller kind of episodes. Suspense episodes. First one's called Momentum from 1949. Side note, Paul Freeze is the announcer, the voice of so many cartoons and so many television productions and movies, narrator, a lot of things. He's the voice at, uh, let's see, uh, The Haunted Mansion out at, out, out at Disney. Uh-huh. And you can catch him, part of this episode. The episode's about a guy out of work and down on his luck who becomes a victim of momentum and commits two murders. The momentum continues, and a third and fourth murder soon follow, and maybe more. The next one is Blackjack to Kill from 1951. A man who makes his living as an assassin is contracted to kill his mentor. And then the final one, The Girl in Car 32 from 1954. The Girl in Car 32 is a story of a cross-country train trip during which a police officer finds himself torn between... He's torn between his assignment and his personal feelings for The Girl in Car 32. Victor Mature... During the golden age of radio, fantastic examples here. We kick it off with Momentum from 1949 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Suspense. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Mr. Victor Mature in Momentum, a suspense play produced and edited by William Spear. And now with Momentum and with the performance of Victor Mature, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. I looked just like any other guy standing on a platform waiting for a train at night. The other people walking up and down here waiting for their train. They might look and they might not. Just a guy waiting for a train. Waiting to say goodbye to New York. They don't know I'm different. It's starting to snow. They think the way I'm clutching my coat collar together is because I'm cold. They don't know I've got a bullet in my neck. Yeah. This is some of that bad trouble my wife always is telling me I'm going to get myself in. Bad trouble. All those people dying on account of it. Like a snowball when it starts rolling itself up, gathering, what is it? Momentum. Well, in another 20 minutes, her train will be here and I'll meet her and we'll be on our way to San Francisco and things will be different. Things will be a lot different. I never thought today was going to be like this. Since noon today, it's already lasted a couple million years. A couple of million years. Dick! 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 Get well? up! Hmm? What's the idea? Oh, Dick, get up. It's noon. Twelve Ooh. o'clock and you haven't even gotten out of bed yet. What? Twelve noon? Hey, you're going to be late for work. I'm home on my lunch hour. I thought you'd do something like this. 
sleeping all day. I was up late last night. Shooting pool. All right, all right. A guy's got to have some relaxation. You've been relaxing for six months. You haven't even tried to get a job. Oh, nuts. Nobody's out of work these days. Look, I told you, it's got to be the right thing, that's all. I don't want to take the first stinking job that comes along. Or do you want me to go on supporting you? You didn't have to say that. Well, everybody's saying. The people downstairs, the landlord, everybody. I didn't have my little job. How could we eat? So everybody's saying you're supporting me, is that it? Well, isn't it? I'll show them. I'll show them all. Who are they with their cheap little ideas and two-bit jobs? You don't have to work like a slave to make a living. Oh, Dick. When you talk, I... Sometimes I'm afraid you're going to get in trouble. The guy's a little down on his luck, and all of a sudden, little wifey's a martyr. She has to go out and work. Dick, please. That's it, isn't it? You're a martyr. No, darling, I didn't say that at all. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Dick, when I get home from work tonight, we're going to have to find a place to live. Now, this place isn't good enough for you, huh? No, darling. This is our last day. We're being evicted. Hmm? Says who? Landlord stopped me this morning. We owe him three months' rent. I simply haven't got it. Well, we have until tomorrow morning. Well, listen, nobody throws Dick Payne out of his own place. I'll try to get home early and find a hotel, maybe. Wait a minute. Hmm? Don't bother. I'll get some dough. I know just where. Mr. Burroughs. Oh, Dick, you're not going to Mr. Burroughs. Why not? He owes it to me. He's making money out of my invention, isn't oh, he? Dick, you know that when you worked for Mr. Burroughs, you were paid for everything you did. Yeah, if you call a couple of bucks a week pay. Burroughs is making a lot of dough in that stinking shop just because of my invention. But he's not that way. I work for him, too, remember? Then you ought to know how he cheated me. Yeah, that's what he did. He cheated me. You know Mr. Burroughs isn't that kind of man. The firm isn't run that way. If you had anything... Go coming... ahead, go ahead. That's right. Stick up for that shyster who robbed your own husband. I'm going over and see him today for a showdown. Oh, Dick, please don't go over there. Don't make any trouble. We need dough, don't we? We're being evicted, aren't we? Well, I'm going to show you a little action. I'm going out and get her some dough. You know Mr. Burroughs won't listen to anything so foolish. He'll listen to me and he'll pay too plenty. <laughs> oh, darling, no, no. What are you crying please. about? Look, when I get that dough, you won't have to support me anymore. <laughs> Cut it out. Go on back to work. I'm going to lie here a couple of minutes and figure this out. Go on, go on. I guess I was pretty sore when I talked to her like that. But it made me mad. You know, like one of those things leads to another and the whole thing gets going like momentum. And by the time I cooled off, I was up in the Bronx where Burroughs has his little office and machine chopping back. I phoned from a drugstore on 192nd Street. And the girl said there'd be a lot of people there all afternoon. So I killed time with a double feature. But I was back there at 6.30 just after dark. And I was mad again thinking about the eviction and all. There was a light in his office, so I got around the side street. And I tried to see what was going on. The blinds were down over the window, but there was enough space for me to see the part of the room. Someone was in there with me. I couldn't see who it was. They were just shaking hands. Well, good night. Don't you worry about it anymore. Good night. I waited right there by the window until whoever it was had gone. Then I walked around and up to the door. But I didn't have to knock. Oh, Good evening, uh, Mr. Burroughs. I was just leaving you. You want to see me about something? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir, I do. Well, all right, come in, come in. It's chilly out tonight. Feels like snow, maybe. Well, sit down, sit down. Thanks. Now what? Well, I I used to work here in the 
shop once. I quit six months ago. Remember me, Dick Payne? I most certainly do remember you, Payne. Yeah. Married the best secretary I ever had. Yeah, Pauline, a wonderful girl. I think so. I'm sure you appreciate that. She's a very fine girl. Yeah, she's all right. How are things with you and Pauline? Good. Good. Want to come back to work, Payne? No, no, that isn't what I came to see you about. It's about that lug wrench you're still using in the shops, the one with the long side screw. Yeah, what about it? I, uh, I invented it, Mr. Burroughs. Oh, really? I thought Tim Riley worked that out. Well, Tim worked on it, but uh, it was me who figured out how to set that thumb screw. Hasn't the thumb screw always been set that way? Not high on the wrench, no. Oh, and I see. since I figured it out while I was here, and since you're using it, uh, well, I think I ought to be paid for it. I worked on it a long time. Payne, I just don't believe this, frankly. Tim Riley's been my foreman for 12 years. I know him pretty well. He'd have been the first to tell me if you'd contributed anything to a perfecting that wrench. Well, uh, he wanted all the credit himself. No, 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 Payne. It's not a matter of credit or money or anything else. Now, look here, Mr. Bur. Look here, Burroughs. I'm not going to be cheated oh, out of anything. stop it, Payne. I'm not obligated to you in any way. Look, you're still using the wrench, aren't you? I don't want to argue with you, and I don't want to be bothered with you. If it weren't for Pauline and the respect I have for her, I wouldn't even listen to you. I told her just the Let's other... leave her out of this, huh? She's my wife. Unfortunately for her. You know, Payne, I expected you to try something like this, and I'm ready for it. Yeah, well, where's my dough? Here. I want you to sign this. Here. What is it? A release. Although I don't owe you anything, for Mrs. Payne's sake, I'm giving you some money, because I, I know you both need it. This release will be my receipt. It'll ensure me against you bothering me about this again. Yeah? Go ahead, sign it. Where's the dough? Where's the dough? How much? Two hundred dollars? Well, why didn't you say so? I... Oh, no, you don't, wise guy. I want more than that. Look, if it's big enough to make me sign a release, it's big enough to bring in a lot more dough. Get out of here, Payne. Get out of and here. And who's going to make me? I'm smaller than you, Payne, but so help me, I'll throw you out myself. You're a no good worthless... Cut that! How Pauline could ever have seen Look, anything... Look, I told you to leave her out of this, did I? get out of here before Give me my I dough! My... Get out of here! Oh, no, you don't, you... Oh! She don't like that, huh? Well, try this! Oh! All right, now. All right, now, Mr. Burroughs. Come on, Mr. Burroughs. I didn't mean to... Mr. Burroughs! You see, it was just one of those days again. He said something, and I said something, and it all piles up like a snowball. The first thing somebody gets, hurt. If he'd listened to reason and... Well, if he'd have just listened to reason, he'd be alive now. When I felt his pulse, there was nothing. I opened his coat to feel his heart. And that's when a black shiny billfold fell out. It was crammed with money. My money. Autolite is bringing you Mr. Victor Mature in Momentum. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage, Victor Mature in Momentum. A tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. 
11.50. The train will just be pulling out of Grand Central now. It'll be here in 10 minutes, 12 o'clock. It won't be long now. Another 10 minutes, I'll be safe on that train with Polly. And all of this will be over. I'll make it. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing. Not even this bullet. He started it all, Mr. Burroughs. And then the whole thing got going. Momentum. I didn't mean to kill him. I, I just went there to get my money. The, the money he owed me for using my invention. But nobody saw me do it. And I, and I got out of there. All I wanted to do was get home to Pauline. But first I had to stop somewhere and get a drink. I needed it bad. I found a little place on 3rd Avenue, 60-something. It was empty except for the bartender. Hello. Hello. Business is kind of slow tonight, huh? Big television shows don't start until 8. What'll it be? I'd like some whiskey. Just whiskey. Just whiskey and whiskey it is, mister. Yeah. Jason? No. Give me another one. Sure. Kind of dry, huh? Yeah, yeah. Another one? No, no, no. That's enough, thanks. That's a dollar twenty. One twenty? Well, that's no problem. Just take it out of... Yeah. Oh. Something wrong, buddy? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I changed my mind. Yeah, what about? I think I'll have another drink. Yeah, give me another one. Uh, only make it a double this time. Sure. Want to pay me for the other two first? I'll pay you when I'm finished. House rule. Huh? Every two drinks we always collect in this place. That way, in case anybody tries to run out in a tab, which they don't generally do, because I don't like things like that, we don't lose much if they make it. Just a minute, you don't think that which I'm Which they to... don't generally do. Look, I'm not trying to beat you out of anything. I, I got money. Sure you have. But you know, there's some guys around this town you just can't tell about. What's the matter? I, I feel a little sick. Where, where, where's the watchman? Door right back there behind a the cigarette machine. What? to pay me now? I'll, uh, I'll be right back. Just my luck. The drinks were more than the change I had in my pocket. That meant I had to break one of those bills I took from Burroughs. They were all fifties and hundreds. I couldn't take a chance on that bartender. He might think it was funny and remember and tell the police. I got panicky. It was another one of those snowballing things. I had to get out of that place. In the washroom, there was a window that led off to the alley. I just raised it, and it was climbing up on the sill when the bartender walked in. He was carrying a gun. All right, wise guy. I thought you'd try something like this. Come on, get off of that ledge. Look, I was only opening the window to get some air yeah, in here. Yeah, sure. Tell it to the cops. I'll pay you. Look, I'll pay you anything you want. Uh, deadbeat. I spotted you the minute you walked in the joint. I can spot him a while off. Now, come on, get moving. No. Hey, come look, on, I, I'm you. Tell me. You might get scared. Let go of me. You. Uh, you crazy. I stood there with the gun in my hand. I didn't mean to hurt him either. But he tried to turn me over to the police for nothing. I hit him in the leg. He was out cold. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't dare leave the gun. I, I just didn't know what to do. Finally, I thought I heard somebody coming in the front. I found the back door and ran until I was out of breath. I went up the stairs of our apartment house two at a time. And by the time I got inside my door, I thought my knees were going to buckle. 
But I had the safe feeling that a guy's own place gives him, you know, no matter how stinking it is. Pauline was cooking supper. Liver and onions again? I heard you come in, Dick. I'm glad you're home. Liver and onions. Well, I know it isn't one of your favorites, but liver was on sale. Turn it off. All right, but I'm going to eat it. No, you're not. Neither one of us are. Dick, what is it now? You've been drinking. Two drinks and I'm drunk, huh? I didn't say that. But when you drink, it means something's happened. What is it this time? I made up my mind. Oh, you mean you're going to take a job? Yeah, yeah. Oh, darling. Well, you haven't heard it all yet. I don't need to hear any more. Listen, I I know I haven't been the model American husband. Oh, Dick. Nobody ever voted me the guy most likely to become a millionaire, but, honey, well, I didn't always get the breaks, you know. No, of course not. You need to get a certain amount of momentum to... Ah, why well, kid anybody? It's been my fault. No, it hasn't, darling. You've tried. In your own way. Don't keep it up. Everybody thinks I'm a sponge or a deadbeat. You told me they did. They don't know you like I do. Nobody believes in me. There's no reason why they should. I believe in you. Do you really? Yes, darling. Yes. Say it again. I believe in you. How much? As much as anybody could. More. Would you believe in me in Chicago and Milwaukee or in San Francisco? Anywhere. Anywhere in the world. All right, then we're going. Going? Where? San Francisco. But my, my From job. From now on, I'm doing the work for this family. Well, how can we Look, pick I've right got up the and... money here. Look at it. Dick! How much is this you have? Where'd you get it? Never mind, never mind. Look, I got it and it belongs to me. Take half of it. Go ahead, take it. Well, all right, but I... I now, look, go down to Grand well, Central and buy two Pullman tickets to San Francisco on the 9 o'clock train. Well, I'll have to pack. Did you rob a bank? Don't bother, don't bother. Buy what you need downtown. It'll give you something to do. From now on, we forget this stinking place and start over from the bottom up. New clothes, new landlords, jobs, new friends and new enemies. Dick Payne will show them. Yeah, I'll show them all what I can do. Well, why do you want me to go alone to the station? Why aren't you coming? I got business to do first. And I'm going to pay off all my debts, everybody I owe. How do you like that? Oh, it's wonderful, Dick. But honestly, now, where did you get Skip that? Skip the questions. It's my dough. I work for it. Satisfy you? Well. Now, listen. You get reservations at Grand Central and get on the train. It stops at 125th Street. I'll be busy uptown, so I'll get on at 125th. You got it? 125th Street Station. Right. Yeah. And when that train pulls out of that station, the guy sitting next to you is going to be me. Oh. And we'll be heading for a new life, baby. A new life. If she knew what was really on my mind, she'd never have left. I couldn't risk hanging around 42nd Street, showing up at Grand Central with all its bright lights and its cops. I had to hide in some uptown dive where nobody would find me and then sneak on the train to 125th Street, where it got only about three bulbs and no cops. I stood at the window and watched across the street. That's when I noticed this guy. A guy standing on the other side of the street looking up right at the apartment. Big, bulky, with policeman-type shoes. I jumped back from the window as he started across the street. I pulled my gun out to see if it was loaded. I heard him. I heard him coming up the stairs. There was nothing to do but wait for him. What do you want? You're Richard Payne? No, Anderson's my name. 
Isn't this apartment 12? Yeah, it is. I moved in this morning. Paid moved out yesterday. Oh, now, wait a minute. You fit the description I got until I find out better you're the man I want. Look, I tell you that we got this... a little business, you and I, and I Look, don't... I reached out hey, and I jerked him off his feet into the room. I knew they'd find me, but I didn't think it would be this quick. He was big and I... He knew how to handle himself, but I swung the butt of my gun against... The side of his head and he went limp. I held him up against the door. I didn't want to touch him, but I thought maybe I could find something in his pockets that would tell me how they knew about me. He didn't have a gun or a badge, only a piece of paper. He was a bailiff from the city hall. <laughs> He's come to Evictus. Evictus, and I'd killed him. I wasn't a killer. It was this momentum. Everybody I met. Three people in three hours. Out of my way. What are you doing with a gun? Out of my way. You're crazy. This is a regular bunkhouse. Why, Mr. Payne, what's the matter? Move that baby carriage. Get out of my way. Don't point that gun at me. Move it. Stop. I said Please. move it. Somewhere in my back, up high, I don't know where exactly the pain was everywhere at once, and for a moment everything stopped working. I grabbed the edge of a building and saw a long alley wavering in front of my eyes. It was a long, dark alley. There was a light at the other end. I got my breath and started towards that bright spot. I knew the whole neighborhood would be after me. Besides everything else, now I'd been shooting at cops. The light at the other end turned out to be a milk truck without a driver. All of a sudden, nobody had to tell me what to do. I got in and I drove off. I left the truck somewhere on 127th Street or someplace, I don't know where, a block or two from here. The toughest thing of all was climbing the stairs to get up here to the station. Three flights of stairs, a step at a time, and like my head would fall off from pain every time I took a step. No, uh, just a minute. Oh, hello. Hey, you sick, mister? Where, where do the Pullman stop? Oh, the Pullmans always stop up front by the second light. Uh. What time does the Chicago train come in? Oh, they just arrive, leave a Grand Central, 11 50 o'clock, arrive here 12 midnight under the hut. Eight years I sweep up the platform, always on the time. You, you gonna catch? Yeah. My, my where's your bags? My wife got on at Grand Central with the luggage. I, I'm meeting her. We're, we're going places, boy. Oh, that's nice. So where you going? In Chicago, Kansas City? As far as it'll take me, west. Oh, San Francisco. That's a nice town. Uh, when you get there, what are you going to do? I got a job there. Uh, that's a good. Well, maybe someday I take a train to San Francisco. Now I got a job here, sweeping, sweeping. Hey, listen. She yeah. just come out of the tunnel. It's on the time. Good. That's a pretty, huh? Good. Except when the train comes at night. When I work, it's always quiet up here. Yeah. I just brush the dirt off of the side. Down she goes, 45 feet down to the street where the dots belong. Uh, uh, mister, 
Huh? Uh, please move the foot so I sweep where you stand, eh? Sure, sure. Uh, thanks, thanks a lot. I sweep just... It... Hey, what's this? Huh? Your nose don't bleed, but there's a fresh blood drip on the platform. Blood. Hey, what's your name? None of your business. Just a minute. More blood. I don't like this. Now I know why you don't tell me your name. You shame. Maybe you the same fellow shoot a policeman tonight. All right, eh? turn around. Oh, you got to go. Turn around, I said. Don't you worry. What do you think? Help me up the steps, please. Thanks. What's the matter with that fellow? He looks so funny. Dick, here I am. You were going right past me. Pauline, the lights were flickering. I I couldn't see. Dick, what's wrong? Just tired, terribly tired. I kept my word and met you, but I'm so tired. I... You're hurt. Take care of me, Polly. Don't, don't let them get me. Don't let. Who? What is it, dearest? Who are they? Hold me. Hold me, Polly. Oh, darling. What did you do? It wasn't my fault. I went to get the money from Burroughs. The money you owed me, I killed him. And everything oh, no, went wrong. No. Everything. All those people. But I had to get that money. I had to get that money for us. Oh, Dick, no, no, no. I had to. What? I got off work early and went to see Mr. Burroughs. He gave me $200. He said when you came by, he'd have you sign a release for it. Paul, Paulie. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Victor Mature. And now, with Black Jack to Kill and the performance of Mr. Victor Mature, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in suspense. Here he is, Mr. Moyer. That chair, right in front of you, Johnny. Sure. I'm going to give you a card, Johnny. I'm going to give everybody here at the table one, all five of you. What is this, anyhow? One of us is going to kill a man, Johnny. Who? That makes a lot of difference to you, Johnny? You didn't hear me say that, did you? No. Once around the table, face up. High card. High card makes one of you employed with a job to do. You got anything to say, Raddick, before I deal? Just deal, huh? Thank you, Mr. Raddick. <laughs> so polite. That Cleo kills me. Ace is high card. Winner, to kill a man. 
Well, let's go. Cut him, Cleo. Thanks. Now, stand at the door and don't let anyone in. Yes, What's the matter? Doesn't Cleo get a card? You five. Just you five, Raddick. Ten of clubs for you, Raddick. Oh. Six of diamonds for you, Toker. Nine of hearts for Barney. Jack of clubs for Johnny. Goodbye, Johnny. Seven of hearts for Mackle. <laughs> you, Johnny. I'm a lucky fellow. I tell people that when they ask me about you, how lucky you are. Not a scratch, and you've knocked over three hoodlums. Four. I operated before I met you, Moyer. Four. My, my. Good-looking boy like you. It's the talk how hired killers don't come as pretty as you. Good night, Mr. Moyer. Uh, good night, Cleo. <laughs> you like it here in Miami, Johnny? Sure, I like it. Why shouldn't I like it? Oh, why shouldn't you like it? Yeah. Miami, pretty palm trees, pretty ladies, pretty ponies. And no Penny Cullen. You're doing it again, Moyer. Every chance you get, you say Penny Cullen to me. Why? Because you're lucky. A big man like Penny, and you say the right word to the wrong guy, and Penny's gone, kicked out, deported, run out of the country, and nothing happens to you. <laughs> uh, you're sure the one, Johnny. All right, I'm the one. Now, uh, what did I get the high court for? For this. Ten grand to do a job. Fifteen more when you come back and it's all over. When I come back? Where am I going? Havana. Havana in Cuba. All right. I go to Havana. I kill somebody. Who? You get a plane ticket and a name and an address. The address for a man you'll see. He'll tell you who. He wants the job done. I'm just the contractor, Johnny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, have fun, Johnny. Try not to get scratched. Moyer said it, and it let loose a squad of happy butterflies that finally landed in a wad somewhere inside me. Ten grand. Ten grand to stain a little part of Havana with a man's blood, throw a handful of sand in his face, and for that, another fifteen grand when I got back, so I could enjoy Miami all over again. At the airport, hire a car, lean back, spread out, breathe deep and slow while you drive through dreamland. And where the Prado kisses the neon goodbye, a mansion with flamingos strutting in the front yard like they were on stilts. And their wings, a color of red I never saw before, flashing against the white columns of the house. Taste it for a minute, then walk into it. And a butler in knee breeches tells you to wait. You are who, senor? Damon. Johnny Damon. Oh? I have been waiting for you, senor Johnny Damon. I am Deontay. We have business to discuss. You want some dead? What's to discuss? Just tell me who. In my study, I think is more appropriate for these matters. Venga, senor. Come. Aquí. Here. You are the assassin I have hired, see? I want to look at you. Assassin. I walk around you. Observe you. And this is what an assassin looks like? Look, how long do I have to wait? You have impatience, senor assassin. 
This is an admirable quality in a man who kills for a fee. Penny Cullen. What? The man I want dead. Penny Cullen. Well, well. Penny's here, huh? Since three months. The criminal your country deported to Europe has fled from there. Came here to Cuba. This killer, this gangster, this filth you have rid yourselves of in your country. I want this also, to me. But rid me of him, dead. It's going to be a pleasure. Penny bothers you, huh? I have flourishing enterprises in Cuba, senor. Your Penny Cullen wants to share in them. This he has whispered to me. He asked for an answer, quickly. You are my answer. You came you... up with the right answer, Chico. Where do I find Penny? He has a house in the Plaza Batista. Number 23. Four days, Chico. That's how long I need. Then the weepers for Penny Cullen can start crying over his dead body. Four days? Three days to watch him. The fourth, the kill. My assassin. You know, that's something Penny taught me. If the man has a schedule that lasts for three days, he'll do the same on the fourth. I see. This is very interesting to me. Sure. You see, you can't be sloppy in this kind of work. Know a man's habits. Know where he's going to be at such and such a time. Know when to kill. That way you can walk away from it. I had not known assassination was such a delicate art, senor. Delicate art, huh? See, A suggestion, if I may. Go right ahead. A thing I know about senor Cullen. Each day at six, at twilight, he sits on a bench. The same bench, always. And looks over the embarcadero. The embarcadero? The waterfront. He sits there and looks out upon the ocean. Where's the bench? There is a statue, senor, of a dying hero, Miguel Perez, to the left of the statue. Thanks, Deontay. That's all I need. Senor. Yeah? When you kill, senor, say him my name. Say, Jose Deontay. Adios. Penny Cullen in Havana. Penny Cullen set up to be knocked over by me. A boy who could appreciate a nice thing like that. There was nothing complicated about it. Penny Cullen was a man I hated, a man I put the finger on, a man I had deported, and now I was going to get close enough to kill him. And he'd never even know I was in Havana. Now to work. First, an investment. Ten ninety-five for a pair of binoculars. Nothing fancy, but good enough. Magnification three and a half times. Very fine for seeing Penny Cullen sitting on a bench watching the ocean. That evening, get to the waterfront sometime before six. Find a spot that overlooks a bench to the left of a statue of a dying man. And wait. At quarter of six, a vendor pedals by the bench on a bike. He's selling ice cream. And wait. And far away, a bell tolls six o'clock. And in the middle of it, a man. A man who walks over to the bench, sits on it. A man named Penny Cullen. And Penny looks pretty good. A little heavier, but just a little bit. Yeah, Penny looks pretty good. He's carrying something with him, a paper bag. At five minutes after six, he opens the bag and throws breadcrumbs to the pigeons. Penny Cullen throwing breadcrumbs to the pigeons. At 12 minutes after 6, a cop walks past the bench, touches his cap to Cullen. Cullen nods back. The cop goes away. Penny sits. 20 after, another vendor. 
an old woman, she's selling flowers. And he buys one. The old woman puts it in his lapel. Goes away. A quarter to seven, Penny goes away. Next day, practically the same. 5.45, ice cream vendor. Six, Penny Cullen. Five after, pigeon feeding time. At 6.12, the cop. 6.20, flower in the buttonhole. 6.45, Penny gets up and walks away. The next day, the same. Next day, the fourth day. Day for killing. Here's a couple of libras, senor. Thanks. Put it on the table. Say, si, senor. Will there be anything else? Take a buck from the bundle. Oh, a uh, kid. Si, senor. I'm liable to nap. Have the desk call me at five. Si, senor. Four hours away from killing time. Time enough to have your drink, then lie down in that soft bed and relax. Think about it. And he didn't even know I was here. Penny Cullen, pigeon feeder. <laughs> Tomorrow the pigeons would have to find a new boy. Between 6.20 and 6.45, I was going to walk up and back of him and let him have it. He wouldn't even know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Johnny. Hmm? Do whatever you were doing, Johnny. I'm not going to be at the bench today. Penny? Yeah. Penny Cullen, boy. Welcome to Havana. Autolite is bringing you Mr. Victor Mature in Black Jack to Kill. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. Victor Mature in Elliot Lewis's production of Black Jack to Kill. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. So now it was different. Penny Cullen knew I was in Havana, and he knew why. But only a little different, only a little tougher. A matter now of killing a man who knew he was going to be killed. Look at it this way. It was a job, and it was going to get done. Only now it was more even up, more interesting. Penny Cullen and me, two good boys, each holding a good hand, and the winner that was going to be me. Yes, I was the good boy who was going to stay alive. New plans. Penny knew where I was. So get out of this hotel and find another one. Pack, carry your own suitcase, walk down five flights of stairs, leave through the service entrance, down an alley, down a side street, keep walking, keep alive. 
Get it, senor. What? I ask you what you want. Rum. Rum. Hey, bartender. Another room? Uh-uh, no. Que quiere, senor? That sign outside says you have rooms upstairs. See, si. You wish a room? Yeah, for four days. It can be arranged? I want something else arranged. Que? Look what I got, Chico. See it, money? Ooh. American dollars. I, I see it, senor. I want a boat for a boat trip. Cuando? When? In four days. Look at it again, Chico. Money. Mucho, mucho, mucho money. For a boat? You said it, Chico. Conmigo. With me. Mario. Si? This man has taken a room. He also wants to arrange for a boat. Huh? I want a boat in four days. I need something to take me over to Key West. Why to me, senor? There are fine steamships, airplanes. I can't wait for schedules. I want something that'll get me out of here when I'm ready to move. Huh. What about it? In four days. Well, what about it? In four days, senor. On the fourth day from today, we'll be ready for you. Whenever you want it. So it started all over again. The killing of Penny Cullen. This time it had to be played another way. Before I set him up, I had to think of myself. About a getaway. No commercial transportation. After I killed Penny, who knows how many of his people would be asking around for me at airports and at steamship docks. A private boat, all my own. The way to do it. The way to assassinate. Number 23 Plaza, Batista. That was the address the auntie had given me. That's where Penny was. I already had the jump on him. I knew exactly where he'd be. So started all over again. Find a spot nearby. Park your car. Get out. Hide. Watch. And it went like this. At a few minutes past midnight, a sedan drove up at number 23. Two men got out of the front, looked up and down the street. Then one of them opened the door for another man. Penny. Penny and a blonde. The two of them walk up the steps, go into the house... The lights go on, and so does some music from inside. And the two men out front, they stay there, talk a little while, tell a joke. But they stay there, that way for two hours. Then one of them looks at the other, shrugs. They walk over to the sedan and get in. And in a little while, they're dozing. And there are silhouettes of Penny and the blonde behind the windows. That's all you need to know. That night, the next, and the night after that, the same thing. Penny Cullen and the blonde and the music and the two men who got tired after a couple of hours and went to sleep. Then it was the fourth night. The time for killing had come around again. Penny and the blonde. So wait. And the two men. So wait. An hour. Wait. 
to wait. And then the two men dozing. Let them sleep. The time for killing. Assassination. A delicate art. And it was done. Senor? Let's go, bartender. Let's tell your boss I'm ready for that boat. Your business here in Havana is completed? Four days and it's all done. Let's go. Mario, he is here. See? Si. dice que su negocio está completado en Havana y quiere un buque hoy. Ah? Look, bartender, what did you tell him? Él tiene un gran apuro por el buque, Mario. Está todo listo? Ah. I ask you something. What did you tell him? Take your hands off me, senor. Well... Mario knows what you want. Talk to him. What about it, Mario? You got the boat for me. He said you have a lot of money. Show me. Sure. You hear it? Whispers to you. <laughs> Foolish, senor. So much money to wave it as such a stranger as me. You know what else I got? A gun. Right under the gabardine. You have money, you have a gun. It takes now only the boat to Key West to make you happy, see? Yeah. $2,000. Two thousand, huh? For you. Just for you. All right. When you put me on the boat. Bueno. El hombre está aquí. Como dijo usted. Un americano con pelo huevo. Él tiene mucho dinero. Who are you talking to? Look, when you talk to an American so I can understand what you're saying. An American, Mario. My friend speaks only Spanish. You do not believe me? You talk to him, senor. You tell him what you need. Talk to him. Sorry, Glavo. Muy bien. Yo le diré. Sit down, senor. Make yourself at home. What did your friend say? One hour. He will call when he's ready. I told you it had to be ready when I wanted it. Try someplace else, senor. You sure your friends got the boat? One hour. I already said it. Sit down. You play cards, senor? Look, call him back and tell him I haven't got an hour. Everybody has an hour, senor. Except the dying. Dealer cards. Poker? Deal. Except the dying. And that didn't include me. Penny Cullen dead. Johnny Damon, healthy and wealthy. But how long does an hour take? How many poker hands? And how many times did the door open like that and a man standing in the doorway looking at you? Just standing and looking, then goes away. A man, no woman, then another man. And Mario across the table, not looking at his cards, looking at you and laughing like that. And... Yes, aquí. Muy bien, muy bien. Como diga usted. It was not about you, senor. It was of another matter. Things like that. The people who stood in open doorways staring. A phone call that was not about you. Things that only eat up half an hour. 
things in Mario. <laughs> What's funny? What are you laughing at? At you, senor. You're such a bad poker player. Sure. Maybe you're not getting a boat. Maybe your friend's not getting me a boat either. How come it takes an hour to get a boat? You had four days. How come it takes another hour, Mario? Hello, Johnny. I said hello. Hi, Penny. Yeah, you better get on your feet, Johnny. Get out of here, Mario. I couldn't have missed you, Penny. Not you, boy. You never miss. You killed a man. Uh-huh. Yeah, a man I was saving up to be killed. Kind of built like me. You're a tricky boy, Penny. But not you. That thing I taught you. A man has a schedule for three days, he'll do the same on the fourth? Oh, Johnny. You should have known I was figuring right with you. Yeah, I should have done that. Do you like Havana? It was all right. I'm still in favor of Miami. It's not even worth an opinion anymore, Johnny. Oh? Yeah. Moyer wrote me and said you're being replaced. He's got a kid named Cleo he likes. Moyer wrote you? <laughs> Moyer? Uh-huh. You're kidding, Penny. Moyer was contracted for what I was supposed to do to you. Oh, Johnny, you've really lost touch. Mm-hmm. Not Johnny. Johnny. He didn't hire you to kill me. I hired him to send you to me. Tricky. I thought so. What'd you expect, boy, getting me heaved out of the States and all? Yeah, I thought that was very patriotic. It was, it was. Now I'm going to tell you something, Penny. Uh-huh. I'm going back to Miami. Moyer's jaw is going to drop when he sees me. Then he's going to pay me the 15 grand he owes me for killing you. Then he's going to run. Behave, Johnny. You're not getting back to Miami. Oh, you think you can... Oh, kill me? You die hard, Johnny. Oh. Yeah, Johnny! Johnny, no! You think you can kill me? You think you can kill me? Autolite presents transcribed The Girl in Car 32, starring Mr. Victor Mature, hoping once again to keep you in suspense. Hey, Mahoney. Buker. They can see better from here. How do you feel, kiddo? Okay, I guess. Flying out here from New York last night and taking a train back this morning isn't my idea of fun, though. Yeah, well, we'll show you L.A. next trip, baby. We got about uh, two minutes. You better tell me what this is all about. We got a dame who's been living with Fritzy Hollister's sweetheart for the past couple of weeks. You know Fritzy. Yeah. He's got a trunk full of hot jewelry I'd like to get my hands on. Well, this is your chance, Mahoney. Now, we figure Fritzy's ducked the old girlfriend and made a connection with a new one. And her name is Genevieve Josephine Johnson. Now, here's the angle. She's heading east on this streamliner today, probably to wherever Fritzy's hanging around. It's a sit-up train. You're right across the aisle from her. 
So you work yourself in with her. When you get a chance, check her luggage, find out where she's going to meet him. I know. Don't look so sad, kiddo. It's an easy job sitting on a train with a doll. Hey, hey. Hmm? Oh, that one? Yeah. Genevieve Josephine Johnson. Uh-huh. In the flesh. I don't know. And I don't mean to argue with you. But to me, she just isn't the type for Fritzy Hollister. Oh, stop your kidding. No job, for one thing. No family or background we can check. An apartment in Hollywood that rented for four fifty a month. Part of the act, huh? Everything else set? All set. Well, so long, kid. So long. Porter. Uh, yes, sir. Carry your bag, sir. The bag's okay. My ticket says uh, 32. Uh, car 32. Yes, sir. Uh, that'd be the next car down, sir. Uh, you can board right here. All reserve seats. Yes, sir. Thanks. Pardon me. Pardon me, please. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, miss. It's all right. Now, careful now. Don't look at her sitting there in her little brown suit and white blouse. Just take off your hat, lay it on the seat, pick up your magazine. But don't look over there. Oh, no. Don't reach over and off to light a cigarette. She can do it. She's okay. Don't lean across the aisle. I've got plenty of time. It'll happen soon enough. So just relax and just let it happen. You know what you're doing, boy. That old Mahoney technique. Take your seat for a minute. I'm on my way to the club car. It's a long walk. Huh? <laughs> oh. Well, that's one way to sit down. Huh? <laughs> now, what's the matter? Ain't I even human? Ain't I even looked at, huh? Hey. Hey, you. Well, Miss Hi-Hat. Hey. Please go wherever you were going and leave me alone. Ah, oh, come on, little lady. Have a nice, friendly drink with old Frank Tars. How about it, huh? Pardon me, uh, miss. <coughs> hey, you. Hey, we... Now, just what's the idea, Buster? What are you doing in this car, anyway? And what are you looking for? A good punch in the mouth, maybe? Oh, no, no, no. He's, he's, he's bothering me, yes, but I, I don't want any trouble about this. Oh, boy, it's a hassle about foul. I get off in a couple of minutes, the same we're doing. I don't mean to insult anybody. All I thought to... Yeah, all you thought... Then who asked you to sit down with the young lady, huh? Who wanted you? Why please, I ought to... Please, it's all right. It's all... It's perfectly all right. Just... Just don't... Don't hit him, Morgan. Where's your car? Back there. Come on, I'll take you. 
I said, come on. Just a minute. Come on. Don't, don't Get hurt moving. him. Don't hurt him. It's all right, miss. Don't you worry. Come on. Move on. <laughs> hey, now, wait just a minute. You know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. Okay. You can let go now. Huh. So you're bright eyes, huh? You can leave off the bright eyes. Yeah, sure, sure. It's your day to be touchy, huh? <laughs> you look pretty good back in there. You see her wring her hands and wink them big brown eyes? Where'll you be? Compartment A next door whenever you need me. Well, she's waiting for you, Mr. Hero. You know, I wish I had poked you, Dane. You're a nice big New York copper, Mahoney. You got the jaw and you got the shoulders. I heard all about you. You look like you could do it. Well, I'm just a beefy blot working out of L.A. Central Division, but I could whip you, boy. So easy. I'd better get back. Yeah, sure. I envy you, bright eyes. You two will make a nice couple. He won't bother you again, miss. Hmm? Oh, you you didn't hurt him or anything like that, did you? Oh, no, no, no. I just took him back to his car and asked him to stay away from you. Oh, it was embarrassing. This is the first time anything like this has happened to me. I'm glad you helped out. Thank you very much. Well, There's no trouble at all. Oh, um... What? I'm out of matches. Oh, well, I can help you there. I, I have some in my purse. I think. Yes. Here you are. Thanks. Would you, uh, grab a cigarette? Well, uh, thank you, yes. Why don't you sit down? Mm. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? My goodness, it was kind of funny, wasn't it? He he was so tight. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was funny. The old razzmatazz. Don't ask, just answer. Don't laugh, but smile a lot. Let her see your teeth. Don't move close. But let her know that you've got shoulders there, boy. And the other trick. Keep your hands open, spread out. Talk. Then stop. Look a while. Watch the orange groves go by. Watch the houses go by. Watch your life go by. What? Oh, my goodness. You must have money in the bank. You're talking to yourself. What's the trouble? <laughs> I think I'll stop looking around out there. It's beginning to worry me. Too big or too empty or too something. I don't know. You, uh... Like it, do you? Oh, it's lovely. The most beautiful country I've ever seen in my life. It's breathtaking. Oh, and um, people call me Jenny. Jenny for Genevieve, huh? Yep, Jenny Johnson. Well, they call me Mahoney. And uh, some other things sometimes. My name's Harry. Oh, well, um, where are you heading anyway? All the way east? All the way and more. Bayside Hills, Pennsylvania. I work in a dentist's office there. Now, that's funny. Maybe the suntan threw me. You know, I kind of thought you lived in L.A. And mostly that you didn't work. Oh, 
Oh, dear. Well, I I did live there for three weeks in a simply marvelous garden apartment in Hollywood, right off Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. They had a heated pool. Oh, it was wonderful. Say, it sounds expensive. Oh, it was, terribly. But I shared it with a couple of other girls off oh. and on, advertising the papers, you know. Only... Only? Well, go on. Something happened? Only, maybe... I'm funny in some ways. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but some things I just... Well, there's not much point of going into that part. I get it. You got stuck with a cute little blonde who always wore your clothes or something. Cute? Not for my money, thank you. What happened, anyway, was that she got out last week after one of her parties when I said what I had to say. She got out pretty darn fast, believe you me. I... My goodness, did I say something? Why are you staring at me? Who? What? Oh, oh, staring at you. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, now, that's all right. My goodness, for some reason it seemed like you were looking at me for the first time. Senior, go to dinner with her. You're doing okay, Bright Eyes. Yeah, but it doesn't add up. Too homespun for this trick. Huh? What's she done? Throwing up a smoke screen? That homespun stuff's all part of the act. She's Fritzy's girlfriend, all right? Remember, you're the operator, boy, not her. She's going to a place in Pennsylvania. Uh, She tells you she's got a little old mother and a little old father waiting for her back home? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great act. She's just a better actor than you are. Now, there's nothing in her luggage on the baggage car, but Fritzy must have slipped her some little trick in her. Hey, it took a lot of fixing to set this up, getting you the space across from her and all, so keep your eyes on her, Bright Eyes. That's what you're here for. Keep on her. Hi. Did you get your glass of water? Yeah. Well, it seems to be getting pretty late, doesn't it? Hadn't we better call it a night? Oh, uh... What? Why, well, uh, couldn't we sit here another half hour and just uh, talk about things? Why couldn't we? Oh, I, I suppose we could. That, that is, if, if you don't expect... Oh, to... I, I, I don't expect anything. Well, uh, we'll talk about what? We'll talk about you. Oh, no, we won't. There's nothing to talk about. That isn't the way I heard it. Oh, you you didn't hear anything about me. You'd be surprised, sister. What? Nothing. I... I don't think you want to talk very much, do you? No, I... I want to find out something, though. Harry, Harry, no. Anything the matter? No, no, please. I... Don't care for that sort of thing. You promised. You said, oh. please. Oh, oh, oh well, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just... That's quite all right. The first minute it got dark, though, you had to try it. Well, I told you I'm sorry. I... Forget it. You know, I'd, I'd like to tell you something. I'm not that kind of a guy. I never was. I've had so much of that stupid messing around. Oh, on. so much of it? I see. Well, I haven't. And I don't think I'm sorry, either. I want it to mean something with me, and 
and it won't be stupid. That's silly, isn't it? No, it isn't. It's awfully late, really it is. I'll see you tomorrow. you come back last night? I didn't feel like it. Did you get anything else done? I went through her suitcase when she was asleep. Yeah? Dresses and things, shoes, bathrobes, some stuff for underneath, that's all. The dress cost maybe $15 at the outside. It was the most expensive item there. And that suit that she's wearing went for 40 bucks at a sale, you know that. All right, so she's smart enough not only to act it, but to have the right props. This isn't Fritzy's girlfriend. He wouldn't know one like this, and she wouldn't have one like him. That's the second time you've said that. How do you know? I just know. I, well, I, I found out. You're getting older, and you're getting dumber, Bright Eyes. You're getting fed up. She'd never have anything to do with somebody like Fritzy. I told you that once before, hey. too. Hey, What? Fritzy. What? Just walk by outside the window carrying a suitcase. Getting on this car. You see the little guy in the overcoat, the cigarette. You're right. It's Fritzy Hollister. Yeah, sure, I'm right. He just sat down beside Genevieve Josephine Johnson from Pennsylvania. Well, you know, look, it could be just a coincidence. So she's a nice kid, huh? Couldn't have anything to do with a bum like Fritzy, huh? Come on, now stay where you are. We'll make our play when the time comes. Autolite is bringing you Mr. Victor Mature as star of The Girl in Car 32. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. Victor Mature in Elliot Lewis's production of The Girl in Car 32. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Now use your head, bright eyes. It's no mistake, no crazy coincidence. Even if she sat there all day and hasn't talked to him once, the little bird in the blue overcoat is Fretzy Hollister. And you were trying to steal his girl. Use your head. She was fast enough and smart enough to spot you right off for what you were. And she handled you last night like a schoolboy. She couldn't warn him from the train. But she's given him a poke in the ribs or an elbow or something, so he'll play it straight here. Sure. She's Fritzy's one chance. She'll work on you again, Bright Eyes. And watch that. Because you don't want to let either one of them slip off the hook. Asleep? No. Cup of water? No. Uh, I'll drink it myself. I can't sleep. Not with that strange man over there. What's so strange about him? What? Skip it. Uh, do you feel like talking? 
Sure, let's talk. Why not? Sit down. Thank you. Well, I wonder what this stop is going to be. I'm glad you wanted to talk. But suppose you drop the rude girl routine, huh? My goodness. You're all right in the daytime, but at night you come out with the silliest things. That... Say, what do you mean by that? Big laugh. <laughs> Big laugh for you. What? For a couple of minutes last night, I was stupid enough to believe you, sister. What? Not now, though, and don't you forget it. What on earth are you talking about? I said cut the act. Well, I don't have to have anyone to talk to me like that. I think you're crazy. You must be. You must have something all twisted up in your head or you wouldn't say things like this. You... Oh, darn. I've been so thirsty all day. I think I'll get some water. Stay where you are. I'll get the water. Now, see I'll here, I... will get the water. the idea of leaving them together when we come in a station. I'm sick of it. It happens here or else. Now, look. Shut up. Hey, hey Fritzy jumped over in your seat. Yeah. And he's talking to her. Yeah, he had to sooner or later. Right now, she's telling him I'm a cop and they'd better scram out while the scramming's good. You hit it on the head, boy. There he goes, heading for the door. He won't make it. Hey. Come on. Hey, Fritzy. What? for you to try something like this. Your girlfriend's pretty smart. Look out, Bright Ice. He's got a gun. No, you don't. You stay away from me. Stay away from no me. No good, Fritzy. No good. Are you okay? Yeah. Here. Hold on to it. All right. Hey, where are you going? To get his girlfriend. I want to attend to her personally. All right, stand back. Stand back. Get out of the way. Say, what's all this? What's... Police officers. Keep these people back. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do that, sir. What on earth is it? Stole that, baby. This is a pinch. What? Come on, come on, come on. Up, up on your feet. We've got Fritzy in a huddle. You're hurting me. And you're killing me with those big brown eyes. Why, you just... Pretty smart you were, only you forgot one little thing. You forgot the first rule of Broadway. Never hustle a hustler. Just who do you think you had anyway? Some clown on a train or bright eyes Mahoney? <laughs> Cut up the tears. Come on. What's it all about, Sergeant Mahoney? We can keep the man for carrying a gun. That'll do for a starter. We've got a million charges against him. He pulled the biggest jewelry heist in the country last year. You can get some papers out here to me? Sergeant Danes is phoning Los Angeles right now. All right. Now, what about the lady? Hold her, too, for disturbing the peace if you have to. She's Fritzy's girlfriend. She'll be named accomplice. Oh, I see. Well, she sure cries a lot. I'll hold him for you. Anything else you want from me? Hey, Bright Eyes. We got a mix-up. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you're a little mixed up, boy. That's what I mean. I've been on the phone to L.A. straightening it out for you. Fritzy's old girlfriend and that other one had the apartment together in L.A., okay? But that's all. She's not tied up with Fritzy. She never was. Why'd you meet her on the train? Because Fritzy's girlfriend left an old trunk after her in the storeroom. How was this Johnson dame to know that there was a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of stolen jewelry in the false bottom? 
Naturally, Fritzy wanted it back, so he found out this tomato you were bright-eyeing with was coming east, so he just grabbed a plane so he could meet her in KC. He wanted that trunk, boy. Yeah, you mentioned that. Well, sir, that's it. She's no more Fritzy's new girlfriend than I am. <laughs> you know, it's funny how things work out. The trunk's been in a hock shop in L.A. all the time. Little Miss Muffet got rid of it to clean up the place when she moved. <laughs> What's the matter? You sick or something? I told you she wasn't Fritzy's girlfriend. I told you. Well, I got that all straightened out for you now, Bright Eyes. So you... Right out of release. Will you, Sheriff, for Jenny Johnson? Sure. Sure, glad to. You know... I wanted to do just what you did ever since that fella started talking. He bothers me. <laughs> the next one will be through tomorrow morning, Jenny. Thank you. It's a real nice train, streamliner and all. They have a compartment for you. Jenny, can I say anything? Can I do anything? You know, when I remember I was, what I was beginning to feel in my heart and what I've done to you, I just... In what? In your heart? Oh, you proved it, didn't you? Oh, Jenny, look, Well, that's I'm all right, bright eyes. I heard them call you that. You're very clever with all women, and I'm very stupid, I suppose. I didn't even know the first rule of Broadway. But I know what I want anyway. I want you to leave me alone. I don't ever want to see you again. Jenny, Jenny, I, I know what I want. I found out sitting in that seat beside you. You just get away from me. The things you said to me and the way you act. Because, because what? Because you cared for me, I suppose. Because I cared for you, Jenny. You know something? I'm going to be on that train with you tomorrow morning. Yes, sir, Jenny. I'm going to be on that train with you. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and 
Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.